This is Lauren Scott on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM interviewing Greg Corumbus. Greg is the news director at Radio America and is also a Hillsdale 97 graduate. Greg, how are you doing today? Doing great, Lauren. Great to be with you. Yes, it is great to have you. So first of all, I understand that you are at your alma mater. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how that is for you and some of your fond memories that you have um, back in your time when you were a student? I love being back on campus. Even though it looks very different than when I graduated, it just feels like a second home uh, for those four years. It, my older brothers had gone here, and so I was already familiar with it. Met some of my best friends here who are still my best friends 25 years later. And so in addition to the if not unique, almost unique education and uh, training that you get here at Hillsdale, the people, like the sign says, Hillsdale, it's the people. Uh, It really is true when it comes to the college and the friendships and the connections you'll make for the rest of your life. And so to be here and to see all the places I remember and the ways the campus has improved even since I was here, it's really special. It's great to see Hillsdale thriving. Thank you. We love having you back. Thank you. What kind of organizations or clubs were you involved with whenever you were a student? And do you think you developed any skills while being in those organizations that you now use in the workforce? Oh, definitely. I wrote for my high school paper uh, in the sports section back when I was growing up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And so I came here and and wrote for the Collegian right away and eventually became a section editor and then the editor-in-chief. And so being able to organize, being able to really put together a story in a crisp and thorough way, making sure it's accurate. I mean, it's one thing if you're talking about a high school sporting event, if you miss a couple details, it's not the end of the world. But if you're talking about a big news story on campus, uh, when I was news editor, for example, we lost a couple of students in in a fatal car accident. And so big stories, and really any story you want to get it right, but those are the kind of experiences that you remember about how you really kind of became a professional. Thank you. Now, I understand, I believe you were a history major at Hillsdale College. So what originally sparked your interest in pursuing a career in radio? I always wanted to be in communications. I couldn't major in it at Hillsdale, so I needed to have a major that I also loved, and history became that. I've been fascinated by history for a long time. I remember when I was about four or five, uh, my mom came back from a business trip with my dad, and she had a book of presidents. And at that point, it only went up to Jimmy Carter, which tells you how old I am. But uh, I memorized that thing within within probably a few days. And so that just began this whole fascination with history. You learn about these presidents, then you learn about what happened while they were president, and it just builds out from there. And so being at Hillsdale definitely uh, expanded that greatly. I took several classes with Dr. Connor, learning about World War One, World War Two, European history. Um, I was vaguely familiar with some of the things that we covered in the class, but knowing that in depth, in addition to the basic economics, political science classes that you have here, that feeds so much into how I filter the news that we do in Washington now and knowing how the founders approach some of these issues and, and where these ideas come from, both good and bad, has been very valuable. Thank you. You started out as a producer and a reporter for Radio America, and then you eventually became the news director. Do you mind just telling me a little bit about your experience as a producer versus a news director? What was your favorite thing about each position? Producer actually 
for the most part, gets to decide what's on the show. I don't know if everybody understands that or not. The director runs the show as it happens. The producer, usually in consultation, of course, with the host, decides what the topics are, what the, in the case of radio, sound clips are, uh, what guests you're going to book. And so it's really the person that makes sure all the elements are in place for the host to have a successful broadcast. And so learning that as an intern at Radio America and then eventually doing it professionally for Radio America has been fascinating because you build these relationships with people. Radio America is a fairly small outfit. And so the first time they come on, they almost doing you a favor if they haven't even heard of you. And then once you establish the fact that, you know, they can trust you to, to do a competent interview and, and you're a serious person, then they'll come back to you. You build those relationships and then with other guests, you do the same thing and you build and build and build. And pretty soon you have a, a reputation and, and relationships uh, that are very helpful. Thank you for that. Is there anything that you really miss about being just a producer rather than a news director? Well, in many cases, I still am my own producer on the shows that I host. And then I still do produce a couple of things. I do produce a podcast hosted by Sarah Carter, who uh, many people may know from her work on, on Fox News. And so you still have that collaborative effort. You still, oh, I think you'd be great on this issue. I think this person would be a decent guest. And so still having the ability to do that means I don't have to miss it because I, I can still do it. I didn't fully answer your previous question, but uh, uh, the reporting uh, as a congressional reporter and then eventually as, as the host, it really, um, really helped a lot because you have to be able to condense your story into a limited amount of time. And that's the thing about radio compared to, um, to print is that you need to get your story in in a very limited amount of time. And since I've given you a long answer, I'll help, uh, <laughs> I'll help move that along. Thank you so much for that. This is Lauren Scott on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM interviewing Greg Columbus. Greg is the news director at Radio America and is also a Hillsdale 97 graduate. What would you say is the greatest opportunity that has been presented to you while being a news director for Radio America? Oh, gosh, there's a lot of them that I'm very thankful to have. I was able to uh, report from two different conventions uh, in 2000 and 2004 as part of the uh, radio show that I hosted from about 99 to, to 2009. Uh, I got to call the congressional baseball game, which was my original dream not to call the congressional baseball game to be a sports announcer so i got to scratch that itch a little bit uh i i think during my 20 plus years there the most memorable day has to be 9 11. uh walking into the city and just seeing the city just glazed over in shock of what had happened walking into the office and seeing the images on the tv of the towers coming down and trying to sift through an immense amount of information and not knowing how much of it was truly accurate uh, and then getting a broadcast ready for later that evening was, was definitely uh, probably the most memorable day. I understand that you have a podcast called Three Martini Lunch. Do you mind telling me a little bit about this podcast and really what it means to you? We don't actually drink martinis, so oh, let me just dispel that right off the top. A little disappointing. <laughs> but it's a podcast that comes out roughly around noon each day and then we have three topics so we figured three lunch three martini lunch and so that is the title i do it with jim garrity who is uh one of the editors over at national review he's a friend of mine and uh very funny guy so we weave politics and humor in as much as we can and the way we organize the three martinis on most days is one good martini for conservatives one bad 
and one crazy. And given the news cycle, sometimes we have a lot of bad and we don't have a good for the day or we have all crazy or on a very rare occasion we have more than one good. But uh, lately it's been hard to find a ton of good news. But uh, so then my job is to kind of set the stage for the discussion. Jim provides his analysis and then we banter back and forth and then we inevitably go off on other topics like our mutual love of Die Hard and our uh, really unimpressive uh, preferred National Football League teams like the Bears, which is mine and his is the Jets. So, What kind of feedback have you received since starting this podcast? The feedback is generally good. There are people that uh, will, especially when we post the, the podcast on social media, who will quibble over a point. Sometimes they'll get really angry over a point or accuse us of not being sufficiently conservative or what have you. But uh, most of the feedback uh, has been excellent. Uh, the reviews, the people actually take the time to do it, are usually very positive. And I'll tell you, one of the weirdest events for me, since you know when you're in podcasting and radio, you're not instantly recognizable on the street. I went to the Hillsdale Constitution Day dinner in Washington, I don't know, probably two, three years ago, get my name tag, and all of a sudden people are coming up to me and saying, you're three martini lunch. And I've never gotten that experience over anything. And I'm like, wow, this is not just people my age who went to college a couple of decades ago who are listening to this. This is young people who are not only listening to this, but getting something out of it and enjoying it to the point where they, they actually want to say hello to me. So that was that was kind of special. Thank you. I believe your latest episode was titled Dems Not Near a Deal, The Billionaire <laughs> Tax, State Department's Odd Priority. This seemed like a really interesting video or a podcast episode, and I didn't get a chance to listen to it last night. It's okay. Um, but I do plan on doing that in the future. Um, do you mind just telling me a little bit about this episode in particular and why you guys chose these issues to focus on? Sure. Well, the big issue as we're speaking here is whether the Democrats can get their big spending bills done in Washington and things can change very, very quickly. But as of Wednesday morning when we did this uh, podcast, it was looking like the Democrats were still pretty far apart on a huge chunk of their biggest priorities, which gave Jim and I the impression that it might take them a while to get there or maybe there might be sticking points that they couldn't resolve ever, which from a conservative standpoint would be would be preferable. Uh, then the billionaire tax is one where the Democrats, and I think they're probably going to scrap this now because they don't have the votes to do it, but it would basically make their definition of rich people pay taxes on money they haven't actually gotten as profits. In other words, if your house goes up in value but you don't bother to sell it, you get taxed on that. It's basically a wealth tax. And the same thing goes for your investments and anything else that uh, you have that's of great value. They say it's only for billionaires. And one of the reasons we made it the bad martini is that some of the Democrats already wanted to whittle it down to millionaires. And so our point was, well, if they're already talking about bringing this tax down to millionaires, guess who's next when that's not enough money for uh, everything they want to spend money on? It's going to be the middle class. Thank you. Now, I understand that you've been in the media business for quite a while. I think right after you graduated, you entered into that, if I'm correct mm -hmm. uh, there. Um, do you mind telling me just a little bit how that has changed over your course of time being involved with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I assume this is going to be a podcast at some point. I believe so, yes. Those didn't, those didn't exist back then, right? Mm -hmm. So the internet was kind of in its infancy then. I mean, I did not hear of the internet until I was a student at Hillsdale, my freshman year, which probably blows your mind a little bit, right? Your entire life has been online, right? Yes. So uh, when you first began, 
uh, media work at that time. Again, Radio America was a small outfit. It's gotten much bigger and, and thankfully more successful since then. But at the time, we basically had uh, cable news. We had a wire service that gave us audio clips and, and news reports that written out. And we had newspapers. So there was, uh, you, we had the internet, but it wasn't anything like it is now. It was really only text. Photos were like this huge luxury. Um, there was no stream, there was no audio or video aspect to it at all. And so it was still limited to the point where even the news outlets didn't see it as the advantage that it could be. There's no social media. And so all these things have come in where social media brings the news instantaneously, even way before cable news gets it in. And now we've, we're able to reach people digitally and podcasts. It's basically on-demand news now, which was unheard of at the time. Thank you. This is Lauren Scott on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, interviewing Greg Columbus. Greg is the news director at Radio America and is also a Hillsdale 97 graduate. Now, you've been at Radio America for quite some time. I would imagine that you would have some part in its advancement and making it more successful. Uh, do you mind telling me a little bit about things that you've done while you were there that has helped it with its success? Oh, wow. Uh, there are probably more people who are responsible for its uh, overall success than I am, but I'm proud to be a part of it and to be working on a number of shows. Uh, Three Martini Lunch is one of our more successful podcasts. And then for about a decade before that is when I was hosting the news magazine, which was called Dateline Washington. And that was a set 6 to 7 p.m. hour. No podcasting back then. Um, and I've also been very active in our sister organization, which is the American Veterans Center. I know you guys run Veterans Chronicles, uh, which I host here at uh, Radio Free Hillsdale. And so um, we have uh, a Veterans Oral History Project that we do. And so I get to write, interview these veterans, and, and then produce those podcasts. And so that's one of our, our more successful ones as well, both a podcast form and on YouTube. The American Veterans Center is what it's called, uh, the organization, and then Veterans Chronicles is the program. Thank you. Now, I don't think it's any secret that being a conservative in this day and age is a little bit harder to do than it used to be, especially if you're involved with the media. Do you mind just telling me a little bit about how that's been for you? I know there's much good that can come out of it, but also I know it can be very discouraging at time, not even in the workforce or like when you're at your job during the day, but like also when you go home. I mean, some sometimes there can be experiences that are just very discouraging. It is, it is. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a way of having an outlet, it can really wear you down. Um, I don't know if this will work for everyone, but I married a woman who couldn't care less about politics. So when I get home, <laughs> I've got her, I've got my daughters, and, and that's way better than following whatever happened after I get done with work uh, in terms of, of, of the news. And so um, there's, it's kind of interesting wearing two different hats, uh, Lauren, because on, on the news side, I want to be objective, and part of that, for being for a largely conservative organization, is making sure the conservative perspective is part of that coverage. When you're doing that kind of reporting, you're not really taking sides. When I'm doing three martini lunch, however, uh, we take the news that, that largely already exists and then look at it through a, a conservative lens. And so sometimes it can feel a little bit schizophrenic uh, as, as to what my exact role is, but the key is when you're doing actual news, is to present the facts and let the listeners decide, just make sure they have all the facts. And then when you're on the opinion side, you can let them know what you think and then make sure you're basing your opinion off those facts as well. Thank you. 
What would your advice be to someone or a young person, perhaps a, even a graduate from Hillsdale College, who's wanting to go into the conservative media business? What do you think would be the best thing for them to remember? The best thing you can do, regardless of your political ideology, is to diversify your skills. Uh, be a good writer. Uh, work on your honor presentation. I don't know how hard you've worked on yours, but it's excellent. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, work on your production skills. There's always going to be uh, production jobs in greater number than than on-air talent, for example. Uh, promotional side, uh, a lot of people are spending money on personnel to do social media promotion of, of their shows and their podcasts and whatever news they're breaking. And so diversify those skills, take advantage of internship opportunities, particularly for a Hillsdale student. Um, we have an internship program at Radio America, if I can say so. And, um, and then when you have those opportunities, make uh, the most of them, obviously, in terms of your talent and, and, and respecting those you're, you're with and just creating a good impression that they could either want to hire you or at least be willing to recommend you. And then lastly, uh, make as many networking connections as you can, even if people your own age, because you'll be the leaders of this industry soon enough. And, uh, and then the people who are older uh, can be a valuable mentor along the way as well. Thank you. If you could go back in time with the knowledge that you have now um, to yourself whenever you graduated Hillsdale College in 1997, what would you tell yourself? I would say, and this is not at all meant to be an insult to our outstanding professors, but I mean, you're not gonna remember the studying as much as you're gonna remember the relationships. Do the studying though. I'm not saying don't <laughs> study. Don't say you heard this on uh, Radio Free Hillsdale and that's why you got a D on your test. That's not okay. You can't blame me. But the people you're gonna remember are the people you make the friendships with, the relationships with, the connections with. And I mean, along with, there's a lot of things that make Hillsdale special, but I really think the people are the most special. Um, and obviously the unique educational experience you get here as well. So combining those two, it's an experience like none other. Was there a professor or a class in particular that really encouraged you in your work while you were here? You mean towards my career now? Oh gosh, well I have to give a shout out to Dr. Tom Connor. He was basically the history professor for my major as well as uh, Dr. John Wilson, who was uh, a while ago now, but he was a, a fantastic friend as well, still is. And in terms of of my media career, I think the internships through Hillsdale out to DC were very critical. And then we also had uh, two journalism classes and two broadcasting classes that were vital. Uh, Caroline Barker, the former Dean of Women, I don't know if you know that name anymore, but uh, she was my journalism professor along with Melinda Von Sydow. And then the late great Park Hayes was my broadcasting professor from WCSR. So um, I, I could not be more grateful for every professor because even the ones that aren't directly related to what I do now helped inform how I do my job now in terms of economics professors, English professors who taught me to write, uh, and obviously the history professors who helped me put the day's events into perspective. Thank you. Do you see yourself continuing this type of work long-term or do you have any other dreams that you would like to achieve? Gosh, I really enjoy what I do. Three Martini Lunch is perhaps the most fun thing I've ever done at uh, Radio America, so I still love that. And I love interviewing the veterans, so I'm, I'm very much content where I am. Um, I've always had you know, the dream going way back of being a sports announcer. I don't, it's not something I'm actively pursuing, but if uh, it were to land in my lap, I would certainly uh, be fascinated by that. But uh, um, 
I'm again content where I am. I've obviously been there for over 20 years now, so it's been good to me. But uh, you, you just uh, you go where the Lord leads you, and uh, at, at that point, you, you, you trust Him to put you in a good position for yourself and your family. Thank you so much. I believe that is all the questions I have for you today. But once again, I just want to thank you for your time. It really does mean a lot to all of us here at the college uh, to have you here with us today. So thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Fantastic to be with you today. Thank you for having me. Once again, this is Lauren Scott on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM interviewing Greg Corumbus.